0: All right, I will say good morning. Let us begin. Beautiful, beautiful, first of all, in Chodesh. We have a beautiful, beautiful DAF ahead of us today. Begin by thanking our sponsors, our Tamatora sponsors, Shmuli and Libadinovitz, dedicating the Shurman Joshua's this month, as is Chusfer for an Aliyah for the Neshama of Harav Peretz Avram, Ben Arav, Binyamin, Moshe, Zechon, and To thank our dafyomi Yomi sponsors, Baruch and Bracha Rifkin. For the yard site of Shalom ben Harav Ruvein, Zichrona Livracha. Today on the 1st of Tammuz, we hope then in the merit of our Talmud Torah, then aliyah and the families a nechama. Well, so with that, let us begin with a really exciting dach ahead of us today. Bar Hashem, we are Zohar on Rosh Chodesh to begin the new Perak, And we are picking up in mirat, Hashem, today's dach is one fifteen, we are picking up on Kof Yud David Amud Bey's one fourteen. b at the Mishnah. So the Mishnah says as follows: A really interesting, a really interesting Mishnah. A woman goes overseas with her husband, and what happens? So the Gemara says as follows: This is actually very interesting. If there's shalom between the husband and wife and there's shalom in the world. So meaning their marriage is good, and there's a general state of peace within the world. And she comes back and she says, my husband died, my husband died. So what's ta'alacha? Tina the ta'alacha is we permit her to get remarried. Now also said, the interesting part over here is we're permitting her to get remarried based on what? Based on her own testimony. <laughs> but in order for that testimony to be accepted, ha'alacha la'maisa the Mishnah says there has to be shalom, There has to be Shalom in her marriage and Shalom in the world. And I will say what we're going to see, what's what's going on over here. Now the truth is, is actually take a look look at Rashi. Let's start first with the idea of Shalom in the world. What does it mean there has to be Shalom in the world? Rashi says over here, top Rashi, not the top of the top, but first in the Mishnah, Shein Shashchirim. Now we're talking about a situation where there's not a time of emergency in the world. The Tema B'dedomi, umad liba. So I said, here's what we're going to see is as follows. When a woman shows up, when a woman shows up and, in Beisden and says that my husband died at the end of the day, what are we concerned about? Not as much that she's lying. What we're concerned about is she didn't actually see him die, but rather she saw circumstances that led her to believe that he was dead. In halacha, that is called umad. Me'umad liba Me'umad liba means almost like we'll call it an assessment a situational assessment she sees a situation she sees a set of circumstances and based on those circumstances leads herself to the conclusion he must be dead look at Rashi for example So we're going to see this more in the Gemara but the idea is like this so I we'll say, this is why the Mishnah says, if she shows up in Beijing, and she says, and she says, my husband died. So the Gemara says, if they're shalom in their marriage, then will say, we're going to see, by the way, the presumed marital state is one of shalom. That's the presumption. The presumption is, so we're going to see, it doesn't actually mean that she has to prove that they had shalom bias. We assume there's shalom bias, but the idea is here that it's a peaceful time in the world they didn't come back from a war torn region because if they came back from a war torn region again, the concern is she didn't actually see him die, but rather again she saw some circumstances that again she's making the assumption that he's dead. So the gemara says shalom baolam. But if there's shalom in their marriage, which again, I want to be clear. As much as the gemara mishnah presents this as a state, this is the assumed state. We assume that that a marriage. Is in a state of shalom. But, um, or ultimately again, but it is a state of war. Or, kitata bein Or, so let's say we know that there is a state of marital conflict. Vishalam ba'olam, but there's peace in the world. Ubasa, Amra mez ba'ili. And she comes to Bezdin and she says, My husband died. Eina na'amana. She's not believed. So, both say, so all the Mishnah the is saying the same thing, just in two different ways. It, when a woman shows up in Bezdin and says, My husband is dead, and therefore, again, remember, what is she asking? She's asking to get remarried or, again, potentially trigger yibum. So halacha as long as there are two factors in place. Number one, shalom in her marriage, which is the presumed state, and shalom ba'olam, peace in the world. Then we believe her. But if either one of those two factors are missing, namely, we know they have a quarrelsome marriage, or we know that there's war in the world, and she shows up and says, my husband is dead, We do not believe her. We do not believe her. And I I want to be clear. Why don't we believe her? Why don't we believe her? So we're going to see specifically in the case of where there's war in the world. It's not the concern that she's lying. It's the concern that she didn't actually see him die. Rather, she's made a situational assessment based on a set of circumstances that lead her to believe that she's that he's dead, but she didn't actually see it. And Mishnah ends off by saying, Rabbi Gouda Omer, in, MS. in reality, she's not believed. Bocha, so it's interesting. Rabbi Gouda says, by the way, there's one more piece that you need. She has to look actively <coughs> distraught, right? She has to look actively distraught. So she has to be crying with torn clothing. If she comes in a bit too chipper, Right, and she comes in. Right, uh, like you know, you know, like I'm like a glass half full kind of person. You know, let's say, then it kind of raises our antenna a little bit, and we're a bit worried. Amrlo, um, they say. So the of No, we don't take a look at her emotional state. And the boss said, this is actually very profound. Why don't the Rabbanim say that we, we don't look at her at her emotional state? Because I say, the truth is, people emote differently. People emote differently and people mourn differently. Some people are very stoic, and they don't express emotion. So the Rebana say, you know, the way a person emotes, or, or ultimately, again, their, their emotional disposition doesn't really come into play over here. Beautiful, says the Gimara. Tana, shalom beino lebeino, mishun kitata beino So we'll say, Tana, shalom, I'm sorry, so now the Gimara says, we'll say, see, here's what's bothering in the Gimara. You tell me that in order for her to be believed, there has to be two things. There has to be shalom, peace between her and her husband, and peace in the world. Now, also say, here's the problem. What's the problem? How do you know? You don't know someone's shalom bias, right? You, you don't know what happens behind closed doors. You know, at the end of the day, if somebody really has a peaceful marriage, doesn't have a peaceful marriage. So, Lemaisei, again, the Gemara says, you're right. You're right. The only reason it said shalom, beino, lebeino, was to contrast it with the opposite state. Because the opposite state, where there's a quarrelsome marriage, people often know about that. People often know about that. So the Maisa, the assumed state, is one of Shalom Ba'ayis. Tanah, Shalom Ba'olam, Just like I will say again, it's not the that you have to prove that there's a peaceful state in the world. We, we assume, it's actually pretty incredible, we assume that Shalom is the default. Shalom is the default. Shalom is the default in marriage. Shalom is the default in the world. And therefore again, really that's only stated in order to highlight the contrast. Incredible. To which the Gemara says, "What's the problem?" It will say, "What is the problem?" So let, let's let's go through this. So Rachel shows up in Basin. Rachel shows up in Basin. and what happens? She says, "My husband died. My husband died." So I will say, "So let's say again, there there is war. There is war in the world, right? When we say there is war in the world, in other words, they're coming from a war torn region. So we don't believe her." The so Gemara says, "Why not?" Why? Why don't we believe her? So I'll say, here we go. So my time with Dimelchama, Mishum de'Amra b'Dedami, because Rabbeinu say we are we are concerned that she did not actually see him die. Rather, what halacha says she made? If you look at Rashi again, b'Dedami, first Rashi in the Gemara, Me'omad Liba, she made a situational assessment. The Afagavd of Rashi lochazi said In other words, she didn't see him die. Rather, the so i will say, the idea is we're concerned that they come from a war-torn region. She didn't see him die. She making a situational assessment. She saw him in a particular prec- precarious situation and assumed based on those circumstances, he must be dead. He must be dead. To which the Gemara says, So It was say, she saw him in a situation where most people in that situation Die Die. Right? And therefore again she's made the assumption that he's dead. Imtim Salomar cave on the shalom bainolob Natra Addehazya Zimnindamahule Bigir S I'm sorry. So we must like this. Sahai dictoba Imtim Salomar cave on the shalom bainol beinob Natra Addechasya. So we'll say ultimately again, if there's shalom between her and her husband, ultimately again she'll make sure to see until he's dead. However, here's the problem. Zimnin demachal abigira, oburamcha, visavra vadaimes. You could have a situation where, let's say, she saw him stabbed by a sword or a spear. And I will say, let's say, again, she was in mortal danger as well. So what happened? She ran away. So the last time she saw her husband is that he was stabbed with a sword or a spear. So, a spear. so she figures to herself, visavra vadaimes. He must certainly be dead. He must, and I will say, by the way, it's not an incorrect assumption. But the point of it, what we're concerned about is, she didn't see him die. The Gemara says, and here's the problem: the Ika, the Ovid Sassari, the Chayra. The says, how that a person could be stabbed by a sword or by a spear, and yet Baruch Hashem still experienced some type of remedy and survive? So that's what we're generally concerned about. We're concerned if she's coming from a place of Milchama, and she shows up in Basin, and she says, my husband is dead, she didn't really see him die. She didn't see him die. She saw a situation where he was in mortal danger. For her own safety, she had to get out. And therefore, again, she leaves with the assumption that he's dead. But maybe, maybe he's not. So I will say, that's the Svarah over here. So therefore, again, the issue number one that the Mishnah teaches me is that a woman shows up in Bazin and says, my husband is dead. I will say, is she believed? Is she believed? And the answer is, it depends. You need two factors. Shalom in her marriage, which we which is the assumed state, and Shalom ba'olam. She's coming from a peaceful region. If halacha says again, either of those are missing, then we cannot rely on her sole testimony. So we'll listen to this. Originally, Rabba thought like this. What about a famine? I will say. So let, let's say. Let's say she's coming from a famine, a, a region that was experiencing famine. So she comes back to Bezdin and she says, my husband died in famine. My husband died in famine. I both say, second wide line, my husband died in famine. So Rav originally wanted to say that famine is not like Milchama, because he assumes that people don't make situational assessments when it comes to famine. And she's only going to testify that her husband died of famine. If what? If what? If she saw him die. If she saw him die. Watch this. So the says, Hada Amar Rav, Re'avan huukim Milchama. But then Rava changed his position. Changed his position, and he passed. And you know what? That famine is just like war. Namely, they were concerned that the woman makes a situational assessment and didn't actually see her husband die. Why not? Listen to this, Maysa. There was a woman who came before if My husband died in a famine. So listen to this. So Rava decides like to test the story. So he tells the woman, you know what? You did a smart thing. You did a smart thing, ultimately leaving and saving yourself. Because he says to her, it's true. There's no way your husband could have survived with the little bit of flour that you left him. So it was like, Rava kind of set her up. And Rava, set, Rava painted a scenario where he tells her, you did the right thing by leaving your husband behind and saving yourself. And there's no way your husband survived with that little bit of flour that you left him. And what happens, <laughs> what does she say? Now I will say, Rava of course has no idea that that was the situation. This is just what he said. So the Gemara says, <laughs> So the woman says to Rava, I'm happy that you know that it's true. With that small amount of flour, there is no way he could have survived. Then I will say, so what do you see from here? The woman didn't see her. I, was saying, I want to be clear. These are not situations where people are trying to lie. And they're not situations where people are trying to, to kind of circumvent the halacha. It's human nature. Human nature, as I will say, again, if there's one thing, and this kind of cuts both ways, that we often do is we jump to conclusions. Or, or we, we, we lead ourselves to conclusions. So this woman's not trying to lie. She, left behind, she had to leave behind her husband with an amount of food that could not have sustained a human being. That's at the end of the day what happened over here. So she's making me a situational assessment, he's dead. Rava kind of gives her leading questions and it turns out she didn't see him die. She didn't see him die she left him behind in a famine situation with amount of food which was clearly not able to sustain a person for any amount of time. But she never saw him dead. So we'll say, based on this, So we'll say Rav, Rav reversed his position. And then first Rav said that famine is not like war, meaning people don't make situational assessments by famine. Then he changed his mind after this story and he said famine is like war. Then he changed his mind again and he said famine is actually worse than war. Why, what does that mean? says, if during wartime a woman makes a situational assessment, that's when she's not believed. But if during wartime a woman says, My husband I saw my husband die, he died he died, he died. He died on his bed. Then Lamai says she is believed. when it comes to famine, until she says, My husband died and I buried him. And they buried him. That's when she's believed. Take a look at Rashi. So I will say, apparently, what the Gemara is saying is like this, what Rav is saying is like this. People more easily jump to end of life conclusions by famine than they do by war, which is interesting. Therefore, by famine, unless she's coming to Basin and saying, My husband died and I was at his kvura, right? I, I, I saw him buried, ultimately, again, she's not believed. So really just fascinating halacha. So first of all, once again, what's fascinating over here is that we are believing the wife to testify that her husband died, but we need to make sure that she actually saw him dead and is not essentially testifying based on a situational assessment. So let's go through a couple more cases. Mapolas. What if a building collapsed? A building collapsed. So again, she saw her husband inside of a building and the building collapsed. Hariokim al but we'll say, so a building collapse is like Muhammad, Meaning what? We are concerned about a situational assessment. And unless, of course, she saw him dead, we cannot rely on that testimony. Damra bidididami. Because we're afraid she'll make a situational assessment. the What about snakes and scorpions? Kimohama Harihim Da amri I'm sorry. So i say snakes describing the same thing, once again, afraid of situational assessments. So the dever. what about pestilence? Some say pestilence is like war, some say pestilence is not like war. Some say pestilence is like war, namely what? People make situational assessments. From the the Samchi Adami in Others say it's not like Milchama. Why? Because what do people often say? A person could experience seven years of a plague, but a person never leaves this world when it's not their appointed time. So apparently, again, people know that people could survive long durations of pestilence. Therefore, we are not concerned about situational assessments. Ibai lehu. say really fascinating gemara. Ibay Another question. Listen to this case. Shabbos say. Here's what we have so far. Woman shows up in Beisan. Woman shows up in Beisan and says, "My husband is dead. My husband is dead." Shabbos say. What's the halacha? What's the halacha? Do we believe her? Depends. Right. Depends. We need two factors. Number one, shalom in her marriage and shalom in the world. Right. If those two factors are there, we believe her. If either one of those are deficient, if either one of those are missing, then we are concerned of what we call Omad DeLiba, that she's made a situational assessment and didn't actually see her husband dead. And I'm going say, watch this. Let's say she shows up in Basin, and she says, so this is a wild case. She shows up in Basin, and she says, I just came, I just came with my husband from Ukraine. From Ukraine, and I will say, as far as we know, it's just another typical, beautiful Ukrainian summer. She tells us, by the way, there's a war in Ukraine. So I will say, we're talking about a case now where Bezdin did not know about the war, except. I will say, by the way, can you imagine living in a world like that? I will say, it's, it's an incredible thing. Like we, we live in such a time of like information overload, which, which is which, if you think about it, one of the reasons why. Sometimes we are so desensitized to events that happen. It's because there is such there's like an avalanche of information that hits us at any given moment. That that's why. That's I will say. You know, I have to tell you something. Just la, la havdil, la havdil. I was listening to something. I was listening to a clip. It was actually an interview with a uh, with uh, with a stand up comedian. This is this is incredible. I Had a long drive back yesterday. So, mm-hmm. so, so, it a, so I was listening to this clip, and they asked the stand-up comedian, "How long do you have to make? Do you have to wait before making a joke about tragic events?" Mm-hmm. This was the Shiloh. Like, how how long do you have to wait before like it's okay? Like something's not off limits anymore. So he said, "It used to be in the industry. So it's fascinating. It used to be in the industry two weeks, two weeks. Now." It's about five days. Five days until you can make a joke about, about something. So they, they were trying to ask what what's the shot?" He says, because the truth is, we have so much information coming at us that the truth is, attention spans are so much, so diminished, so people kind of live in something, even like majorly tragic events. right? They will say, remember again, who, who talks about now, who talks about now the shooting in, in Uvalde, Texas? Who talks about it? Right. Who, even, who even thinks so? How long ago was that? I don't even know. Uh, three weeks ago? Three weeks ago? Not not more than three. So it, it's just it's just incredible. It's just incredible how we live in a world constant information. There was there was a mall bombing. They, the Russian the Russians the Russians shelled a mall, a mall in Ukraine. Was American when Ukraine was always spoke about always the, the, the war the war. <laughs> yeah, you, you would think the war is over. But you would think that the war is over there and that everything is back. So, okay, anyway, back to this. So, the Gemara says as follows. Let's say she comes to Bezdin, and Rabbos say, she tells us that there's war. We didn't know there was war. We didn't know there was war. So, was now watch this. So, I will say, on one hand, we could say, listen, she didn't have to say anything, right? She could have said nothing. And if she, not, if she would have said nothing about war, then what? Then what? And she showed up in Bezdin, and she said, "My husband is dead." But what we have said, what we have said, right? Hamakom and hopefully you'll find uh, you'll find someone wonderful, right? That, that, that's what would have happened because, said again, we would have never known about war. So, a woman shows up in Bezdin. We don't know anything about war. The presumed state of her marriage is is peace. shalom, peace. We would not let get remarried. She told us about this. She could have, she could have remained silent. She told us about it. So, t- top of Kov Tesvav, she could have not said anything. I must remember again, she doesn't have to lie. She doesn't have to say, by the way, there's Shalom Ba'olam. Why, why doesn't she have to say it? Because, the mice can remember, that is the presumed state. Odoma, amra So, I must say, or no, no, no. Once she established that there is a state of war, then I both say, then this halacha jumps in. Again, now we have a problem, because in other words, I understand she didn't have to say anything, but Lamaisa once she did say something, there's a halachic mechanism. What a great kasha. To which the Gemara says, V'lo asima has To which the Gemara says, Tashma. Or no, once she introduces the fact that there's war, that triggers a mechanism, and the mechanism is such that we have to be concerned about people about a woman didn't actually see her husband die, rather she's just making a situational assessment. So let's answer this question. Tashma, ishnu aleinu Bayas. ishnu ma'ara, humeis But then woman shows up in Basin and she says, we're in a house and the house caught on fire. The house caught on fire. Ultimately, again, I was saved, but my husband died. What's ta'alacha? Ain't no she's not believed. And I will say, why is she not believed? Now remember again, I will say, what's this case? She's showing up in the and telling us about the house fire. Did we know about the house fire? No idea. So she's introducing new information over here that we did not know. And I will say, yet we see that what? She's not believed. So, you see over here that even when she is the one who introduces the information, once she tells us about a situation in which we have to be concerned about situational assessment, we don't believe her testimony on its own. Shani Hassam, the Amr say that case is different. Why? Because we can say back to her, <laughs> I say this is incredible. The reason we don't believe her in that case is why? Because they say to her, look, the same way that you were saved, Maybe your husband was saved also. Was, you, you didn't see him dead. You didn't see him dead. So if you didn't see him dead, the same way you got out, maybe he got out. Shabbat said, so listen to this. Let's say she comes to Bazin and she says, we were attacked by a group of idolaters or attacked by a group of, of bandits. Who mates? Who mates? V'neet Salti. My husband was killed, but I was saved. Ne'emenes. She's believed. Shabbat so said, what do you see from here? Sounds like from here that if she is the one who ultimately, again, brings us the information, we believe her to qualify those words. So, I will say, so in other words, this is the concept of Mali the Shaker, why should she lie? Because I will say, remember again, if she introduces information that we would not have known without her, right? and again, if she wouldn't have said anything, her situation would have been much easier then she has no reason to lie and therefore we believe her. Meaning, like this, she could have just showed up in Baizun and said, my husband is dead. My husband is dead. And if a woman shows up and says, my husband is dead, and we assume there's Shalom in her marriage, and there's no war going on in the world, then we believe her. So she comes up to Baizun and she says, we were attacked by bandits. My husband is dead. I'm alive. So the Gemara says, we believe her. So that shows you, that so Allah, when she introduces the information that we would not have known without her, we say, Why would she lie? To which the Gemara says, No, no, that's not a good case. I'll tell you why. A woman is different literally because her weapons are upon her. Which means what? That Allah, the says, the Gemara says that when it comes to, let's say, being attacked by, by groups of bandits, we assume that although the bandits will go ahead and kill the man, they often will spare the life of the woman in order to violate her. So because of that, because I will say this is a different kind of case. And in this kind of case, Halakha again, the woman is believed to say that she survived even though her husband was killed. ha Gadra, Hilula, Nura, Be Ginani. So I was say an interesting case. There was a man, there was a man who ultimately, again, at the end of his wedding, suda. At the end of his wedding suda, so remember again, just to give you the idea, we've seen this before in the Gemara, we'll see this again in Masechus Kiddushin, there was actually a very beautiful, beautiful custom, seemed to be the norm, that what they would do is, they would get a house for the chasen and kala, and ultimately make the wedding in the house. So I will say, think about it for just a moment. If instead of spending exorbitant amounts of money on weddings, you take that money, and you give it as a down payment on a house for the chasen and kala, Right? Incredible. So like this, when everybody goes home, it's not just the caterer and the band who are better off, right? But Baruch Hashem, the Chassan and kalo are better off as well. So, they, so this is what happens. So they have that wedding party in the house. At the end of the wedding night, at the end of the wedding party, a fire broke out in the home. So the wife escapes, the wife escapes, of course, right. The, the, and that afternoon, they also just sealed on an insurance policy. Uh, so, so again, right, so, so, that, uh, so what happens? So the wife escaped. The wife escaped. And what happens? So ultimately, and she's yelling as the fire is going on, see my husband, see my husband. So there, there's, there's a man in the fire. So there's a man in the fire. So sure enough, I will say afterwards, they come, and they find Nebuchadnezzar a charred body. But the body, the body is beyond recognition, so we have no idea of knowing. We, we, here's what we know. Someone died in the fire, and I will say an interesting twist in this. Someone died in the fire, there's the body, and then there's a severed hand. And I will say, this is the case, and there's a severed hand at a distance. The problem is, so we know someone died in the fire. What don't we know? What don't we know? Who? So she, remember, we'll say, now the chap What this is, is we know, we know, she was in the house, he was in the house. We also know that during the fire, she's screaming, my husband, my husband. So she's claiming, I saw my husband in that fire, in that house during the fire. After the fire now, we find the charred body. There's no ability to identify it. So the Gemara says, So the Gemara says, so we'll say, Rehkia Avin wanted to say, this is the same case, it's the same case of we, that we had before, where Halach ma'isa the woman comes to base, and she says, my husband died, there was a house fire, I got out, my husband didn't. Remember, again, we'll say, in that case, we don't believe her, why don't we believe her? Because we see her, the same way you got out, your husband got out also. So therefore, again, Rehkia Bar Avin to say, the same case, i no, no, that's not a fair case, I'll tell you why. Me dummy, hasam lo ka amra, We'll see, here's the difference. In that previous case, she never claimed to see her husband in the fire. In this case, remember again, while the fire is raging in the house, what's happening? What's happening? She's, she's screaming, my husband, my husband. So she's claiming, I saw my husband in the fire. Furthermore, again, we have a body. We have a body. So, we'll say, so again, even though, and I want to be clear, we can't identify the body as the husband's, but Lamaisa, there is a body. So the Gemara says, therefore, Rava wants to suggest this case is different than the house fire case that we saw before. Number one, because she says she saw her husband in the fire. And number two, because we find the charred body. Ravchia Bar-Aven, Ravchia Bar-Aven would say, Kavra Chalucha Deshadja, Eima Inish Akhrina Asala Saluye Vachilte Nura, Upasta Diyada Deshadja Nura Islay. So I will say, so we'll say, maybe not. Maybe once the fire broke out, someone came in to save the husband. And maybe the body that you found was what? Was what? Was the body of the rescuer. The severed hand, I will say, was severed by the fire. Right? He had his hand outstretched to save the husband. And that's why you find the body in one place and the hand in a different place. In other words, what Urquhira Avr is just saying is just as possible that the charred body ultimately, again, is or belonged to a rescuer as it did to the husband, to which the Gemara says this, okay, so what happened to the husband? So where's the husband? To which the Gemara says this, Sufa It's actually fascinating. But what we're about maybe is, the husband was burned, was burned, survived, but burned. Maybe he has some severe burns, he's significantly disfigured, and he's embarrassed to go back to his life. See, so he's run away. See, so he's run away. So I will say, now again, is not saying this is definitely what happened but rather what is he saying what is he saying this could be what happened this could be what happened and because although you here over here you do have a body you don't know if this is the husband's body so that this is just as probable as an explanation of events as the actual husband having died in the fire incredibly so I'll say what happens if you have an eight who comes so what happens over here and Eiracha, so right, Ru- Ru- Ruben, Ruben goes overseas. Ruben goes overseas. Ruckel's at home. And what happens? So now, so now what happens? So Ruben goes ahead. Sorry. So Reuven goes ahead, Reuven goes ahead, right. And now Eid Echad, a one witness comes back and says, I was with Reuven, we were in a war-torn region, and Reuven died, Reuven died in battle, or, or in war, not in battle. Reuven died as a result of war. So isn't Eid Echad believed to testify that Reuven died in war? So now, time of day, Echad and mishum, demilzadavid, legilu yehu, lo meshaker, hacheh lo So we'll say in general, why do we believe in Eid Echad when it comes to testify about the death of a husband? Because we'll say ultimately again, People only lie about things that what that they think they can get away with, but something that is ultimately again going to be revealed. So Halakha la again, people people don't lie about people don't lie about. Ultimately again, so therefore in this case over here the edecher is not going to lie. Oh, maybe not. Maybe the reason why we believe edecher also says why. Because we assume that a woman is going to do her own due diligence before she gets married. Well, sorry, we, we, we had this discussion before, so we know that when the Edechet shows up, that's the license. But Beizdin is not really, not really testifying, or, or for that matter, concretizing the validity of the facts. What they're essentially giving the woman is the permission to do her own verification, right? And therefore, that's what we rely on. But perhaps in a case of war, we have to go back to our original concern. That in the case of war, a woman is not going to verify the facts, and therefore just remarry based on the eid echad. On Rabbi Amrami Barchava Tashma, on Akiva. this? The Rabbi Akiva says as follows: When I went down to Nardal to go ahead and make a leap year, so matzasi Nechemya ish base Delhi. I found Nechemya. From from base Delhi and the Chemia said to me, masin I heard that in Eretz Yisrael they don't allow a woman to remarry based on the testimony of an Eretz echad. Except El Rabbi Huda ben Baba. Except Rabbi Huda ben Baba is the only one who allows a woman to get remarried based on an eid echad. The Namtilo and Rabbi Kiva says I nodded my head to him and I said to him, Yeah, ken and he said, and I said to him, Yeah, that is that's how we pass in Eretz Yisrael. That yeah, we don't the rabbis don't allow women to get married based on the Aid echad. only Rabbi Huda ben Baba. So the Mar says, Amrali, so Nihemiah said to me, And say to them in my name, Atem Yodim Hamadina Hazum So says, You know that right now we are overrun, we are overrun by robbers and bandits. This is what I learned from Rabbi Gamliel okay? So tell them, in the name of Rabbi Gamliel, in my name from Rabbi Gamliel, that you can allow a woman to remarry based on the testimony of an eight echad. So the Gemara says, What does this mean? My Medina is Why does Nechemya add in that the country is overrun by soldiers and marauding troops? To which the Gemara says, Lav, avagav, the Medina, so I'll say, rather, it sounds like, what is saying is like this: even if an eidah comes from a war-torn region and says that the husband died in war, we allow the wife to remarry based on this eidos. I'm sorry, i words. Love, no, that's not what it means. So, therefore, we'll say, what do you see from here? You see from here that mm-hmm. an Eid Echad is believed, even if what? Even if what? Even if it's coming from a war torn region. Because Rabbi will say, again, the basis of believing in an Eid is that a person is not going to lie about a matter that is going to become revealed. So an Eid Echad is not going to lie that a husband is dead if it's possible that what? He walks through the door the next week. Even if he's testifying about the death of the husband from a war-torn region. Amar Ravah. Rabba said, So why does Nehemiah say this country is overrun by soldiers? Any place where there is war. This is what it means. So this is what Nehemiah was saying. This is what Mishbak was saying. Nechemya says, the country is overrun by bandits and soldiers. Therefore, it's not safe for me to leave my family. If I was able to leave my family, I would come to Eretz Israel and I would give you this testimony myself. So instead, I'm going to rely on Rabbi Akiva to convey my testimony. This arm is. You could allow a woman to remarry based on the testimony of an Eid Echad. But I will say that is a generic statement about the power of Eid Echad. It does not specifically address our question of what? Believing in Eid Echad who claims that the husband died in war. Tashma. So we'll say another story. Two Tamil who were traveling with Abba Yossi Ben Simai on a boat. Vitava. The boat sunk. The boat sunk, and the talmidich chachamim drowned. Rebbe apin And I will say, ultimately, again. So there were women. There are women who went ahead and test. will see. Testified that these two talmidich chachamim died, and ultimately, Rebbe allowed their wives to get remarried based on the testimony of these women. I mayim Kim damu. But I will say, drowning in water is like milchama. Is like milchama. And I was say, what does that mean? That just like in war, we are concerned about situational assessments, so too when a boat capsizes, we also have to be concerned that people didn't really see these two men die, but rather what? They're making a situational assessment. Then I will say, a woman, even if a hundred Mishra in Din. A woman' testimony of a woman is like the testimony of an Eid echad. The I will say, what do you see? You see that Allah Rabbi allowed these women to get remarried. So, what do you see from here? What do you see from here? That Allah Yisra, when an Eid echad shows up and says, "I saw a man die in the that ultimately he's believed. He's believed. ma'im shein himself Ninhu, or shein himself ishto asura. I will say, we're going to get into this fascinating surah. but this I will say is a case of ma'im shein himself. Water without an end. Which means what? Water where you can't see the land that surrounds it. Shabbos say, when it comes to a man, where boat capsizing in Maim Shein Lem Sov, we have to be concerned that maybe the man did survive, we just can't see him. We just can't see him. Again, we'll get into that sogyal. Ishto asur al-hegidami. What's the case? Da'amri askin hu kamon. Oh. Shabbos say, is the case of where these women showed up in basin and we, they, they, they testify we saw them pull the bodies out of the water. Oh, that's what's happening over here. So in other words, the women are coming to Basin and they're testifying. we saw them pull the bodies out of the water. Um, Amad Beis, um, Amad Beis, v'chazinhu the Kaamar simonim, delav alayhu samchinon elah asimonim. There was a top of um, Amad what's the case? The case of us is where women show in Basin and they say, the two who were on the boat and the boat capsized and they drowned, we saw them pull the bodies from the water relatively quickly so that once again, the bodies were still recognizable and they were able to give simanim about the body. Okay, so I will say, so then this is a case of Edos. This is a case of real Edos. And in general, again, we believe Halach Lameisen ate echad to testify about the death of the husband. So I will say, this is not a circumstantial thing. They're literally seeing the bodies. Says the Shum an interesting case. There was a man. There was a man. So say, okay, there was a man who who deposited Shum or sesame seeds with his friend Amarle. Haveley Shum So what? I, so i said again, just imagine the case. Ruvain deposits his sesame seeds with Shimon. Okay, so now Ruvain comes to Shimon, "Give me back my sesame seeds." Amarle, Shaklasinu. He says, "You took them. I gave them back to you already." So vaha Ruben said, "No, you didn't. I'll, I'll prove it to you. I'll prove it to you. I'll tell you the exact amount of sesame seeds in the barrel that they're in. Go and check, and if I'm right, those are mine." Amarle," to which Simon responds, "No. The You're right. There is that amount of sesame seeds in that defined barrel, but those are mine. You came in, you took yours, and I ultimately, again, replaced yours with mine. So we'll say, so who does, fascinating, who does Allah follow? So we'll say, so again, I just want to point out, we're taking a little bit of a break from, from the previous cases. We'll say, but kind of where we end off in the previous cases was that Allah, we believe a woman when she shows up in Baizim and says, my husband is dead. As long as there are two factors in place, shalom in her marriage, which is the presumed state, and shalom in the world. Right. If there's not Shalom in the world, we get the problem we run into is what? Situational assessments. And that's the theme. Any time where we have to be concerned that someone says the husband died, but they didn't really see it, they're just making a situational assessment that he's dead, that's where we have problems believing the Eidus. Good. So I want say back to our Sesame Seed case. So who do we believe in this particular scenario? So, So, so I will say, is this not, is this not the case ultimately again of the two Talmidim Chachamim, right? So I will say that we saw before, right? The case, of the immediately previous case where two Talmidim Chachamim, two, two chachamim died, right? So I will say, and we pull the bodies from the water, and we don't say, well, maybe this is two different Talmidim Chachamim who died. In other words. We assume that the same two you pull from the water were the same two who drowned. So too, in this case, we assume that again it's the same—it's the sesame seeds of Reuven and not the sesame seeds of Shimon. Amar no, no, that's not fair. Mid davi, hasam Ka'ami simanin, ha'cha shum shimi, my simani ista. I remember again—we just said this before—in the case where they pulled the two bodies. Remember, what do they have? Do they have simanin. Simonim, he was missing his front tooth, right? Had a freckle on his right cheek. You know, whatever it is, they, they have Simonim. That's how they're identifying the bodies. I will say, by sesame seeds, you can't really have compelling Simonim. With the Ka'amar, Cain ve Havion, and I will say, but one second, Reuven claimed there was uh, five pounds of sesame seeds in a barrel that was marked with a big A on it. I will say, come on, That, In other words, saying that there was five pounds of sesame seeds... That's not a good rayah. Well that that's, that's an amount, that's a weight. And first of all, people could guess that. And just number two, that's common. So, we'll say, so essentially, so essentially, what the Gemara seems to be saying is the halocha in this case will side with shimon. That we believe shimon to say, Rubain, you took your sesame seeds. And these are my sesame seeds in the barrel. That's what we assume. I will say, by the way, there's actually a simpler case. Because in this case, we'll say there's, there's a simple answer. What's the simple answer? Right? I'm sorry? Well, you we could take a shavu, but even similar to that, hamotzi motsi mechaver will say in general, whenever you want to extract money from someone, the burden of proof is always on the extractor. So Ruben wants to say, those are mine. That, that's fine. Prove it. Prove it. So essentially, we accept Shimon's claim that you took your stuff, and this is my stuff here. In se- instead, so we'll say. So do we believe that? We'll say. If you find the Kli, and on it, let's say it has a kuf, kuf, and we assume the kuf stands for carbon. In this, in this jar, you keep money for carbonos. Mem meiser. You have another jar that says mem for meiser. Dalid dimua. We'll say. Remember again, dimua. Is a mixture of a mixture of chulin and maaser together. Tes tevel Tov, truma Shebishas sakana ah you kosin tov, tachas truma. Because say, interestingly enough, in the time of sakana Rashi says over here, what's the sakana Shegaz ru shulol mitzvos. So we'll say There was a time of sakana where there was exera that you can't perform mitzvos. So what happened? So a person cannot go ahead. A person cannot go ahead and halacha la Let's say, write on their carbonic money or truma money, or truma produce. So they wrote it shorthand. So I'm going to say, but what do you see from here? Look at Rashi. I say, we assume that if it says, kuf on the jar, that that's carbonic money. And we don't assume that what? You swap that carbonic money and put in chulim money over there. Is that true? We'll stop over here for today. We'll pick up Amir Hashem with the rest of this conversation tomorrow. We'll catch up a little bit. in a shorter daft tomorrow, so we'll catch up with this. Hello, Shikoyah.